0: time greater delights await
1: we wish to see you proceed feed it Ah! their blood their pain all for us yeah what is it you pray for
0: more (laughs) hellraisers
2: What is it you pray for? <laughs> Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt.
0: Hey, Stephen King once said, I have seen the future of cutting the cable cords, and it is called Cord Killers. I'm Brian Brushwood. Uh, man, I loved uh, Clive Barker's original Hellraiser uh, books. I loved the comic books. I loved his work in on Nightbreed and his short stories, and I loved the, the movies. Um, this is kind of... a, a I don't want to say hallowed ground for fear of of of, of God throwing a satellite at me, uh, <laughs> but 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 uh, th- this is precious territory for me. What do we know about uh, this version of Hellraiser, Bryce?
1: So this is Hulu's upcoming uh, film, just called Hellraiser. Uh, this is in the long-running uh, horror series that's coming to Hulu October seventh, um, and it's basically the hell it's the Hellraiser story. Someone's got a puzzle box, and the Cenobites are going to mm-hmm. come and get you pain is pleasure, pleasure is... All that well, stuff. And,
0: and, and that, that was powerful, weird stuff in the 80s when most people weren't familiar with the BDSM scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, the comic books explored more the configuration of, of like, uh, there, there existed puzzles that could be musical or structural, architectural, mm. or puzzle boxes that could unlock this bizarre Cenobite world. Um, I, I wonder if in this modern age where every subculture is a Reddit search away whether or not this movie will have the punch that the original did for for its novelty of exposing Mm -hmm. a strange different world.
2: Well, and also we've, as you've mentioned, have experienced this story many times, you know, So it's not like this is the first telling. So it has to differentiate itself somehow beyond just the story itself.
0: I I think uh, one of the latter ones even had like a giant space station that was one of the puzzle boxes. Hellraiser in space? Yes. Yeah, no, it was a giant. It was was about the size of those asteroids that we just watched. I was going to say, one of them was called
2: Dimorphous and you had to throw (laughs) something at it to break it apart. Yeah,
0: but to aim, you have to have a primary target.
2: Oh. Mm, let's go there now. Oh. <laughs> Now, we're not going to try to tell you everything Netflix announced at Doom or Tudum, uh this weekend because they announced too many things. Uh, the, good job, Netflix. We're not going to talk about everything you announced. Uh, but we will do a lightning round of some of them that caught our eye. Uh, and if we miss one that you would like to talk about, well, cordkillers at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Here goes. Uh, trailer for Enola Homes 2, Henry Cavill, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, coming November 4th. And Enola uh, starts her own detective agency, Brian. Uh, I, I, reel me back when I
0: wander too far afield here, but I thought the first movie was quite adorable, quite good. Yes. Um, uh, charming for what it was. But more importantly, uh, Henry Cavill is a fantastic Sherlock Holmes. But. Um, Uh, for everybody who's so protectionist about copyrights and trademarks and images and all that stuff. The only reason this exists is because Sherlock Holmes is so ancient. Imagine if we were able to tell these kind of stories about star Wars at a high school, but of course, you know, we have restrictive laws that make it difficult. So I, 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 I want to support this if for no other reason than to remind people that reinventing things is a, is a wonderful way to tell new stories in a familiar format. 100%
2: uh, support you on that. I think this looks charming. Uh, I I liked the first one as well. Uh, I will watch this one. It looks super fun. And yes, there have been studies that said, well, if what we want to do with copyright law is actually maximize creativity, about 14 years. Is the amount of protection you need that makes sure that you can you can capitalize your original creations enough that you don't get dissuaded from making them, but then foster other derivatives of uh, off there. I mean, now, you,
0: you you realize that means that you and I get to do uh, chord killers as a Fight Club movie, and uh, you know, like 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 all the stuff that opens up becomes incredible
2: yeah yeah it would uh but sadly 99 years plus the life of the author is what we have in the united states thank you for dying so young
0: harry houdini
2: uh spy thriller called heart of stone starring gal gadot has a teaser that's coming sometime next year on netflix this was more of a like here's why we made it and what we wanted to do kind of thing rather than than just scenes from the movie though uh there
0: was a great moment because this vignette actually starts off with looking like a trailer and it says on the moment when they say what we do is too important. And then it cuts without explanation to clearly a movie set and somebody Uh running and jumping through a window or whatever. And I thought, Oh, this is hilarious. Pretending like Hollywood matters and that making movies is important. I love it. And then it turned out to be like, no, they're actually just making this movie. (laughs) And I got a little bit sad. (laughs) Uh,
2: I don't know. I love Gal Gadot uh i tend to enjoy netflix's cheesy action movies and if this one just ends up being another cheesy action movie i'll have it on in the background play a video game while i watch it i will and that's i will vouch, for me.
0: i'll vouch for the fact that if they if what they set out to do was to convey we are making big budget high you know production value uh action yes. things it definitely is communicated in this
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a clip from Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, a spin off of Bridgerton focused on, well, Queen Charlotte. Uh, that's coming next year.
0: I wanted, it's it's a fine little vignette.
1: It's a cute scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of cute scene
1: that you predict in the first
0: 10 seconds and then have to sit through two more minutes of.
1: Oh, I did. It it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, really? Oh, because oh, I don't know any of the Bridgerton stuff. I was like, oh, that's just a guy. I don't know. She's looking, I don't know. He's young young for a king. He's the young Pope King. Yeah. uh, A young Pope
0: King, yes. Uh, Okay. No, not for me, but looks good for what it is.
2: What do you think? Tom, do you watch Bridgerton, right? I watched the first season. I never did get around to watching the second season yet, though. Oh, so I know about Queen Charlotte, but I, I don't know all the things that happen. And this, honestly, this reference is going to be lost on pretty much everyone. But this absolutely reminds me of a Chinese series called The Eternal Love, not the Ten Mile Peach Blossom one, but but the 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 ten cent uh, cheap one uh, where she's like trying to jump over the the wall. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So I was let's thinking move the exact, exact same thing. Next <laughs> we have a new clip from the Adams Family series Wednesday coming November twenty And third. I'll tell you, Brian, I am enamored uh, of this performance of Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: It's definitely uh, counter programming to everything we've seen of Wednesday because she's always been aloof and sort of uh, standoffish, very uh, uh, not unlike my one of my my daughters, uh, and. Uh, um, to see her engaged, enraged, and lashing back at her parents is an interesting twist. Uh also, if if you're gonna subdivide the Adams Family franchise, uh you could do way worse than just Wednesday and a hand. Uh yeah. I, I, I I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Um I, I'm still too cautious. I've been burned by various Adam's family spinoffs
2: before. I, I've, I've watched all the trailers and teasers of this so far. And uh, so far, I have not seen anything that, that makes me not want to try it. Put it that way. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, But yeah, this, this thing with Wednesday, like berating thing, it was awesome.
0: Well, Uh, one quick side note. Um, uh, The the one thing that, that, that kind of put me off is what I always loved about the Adams family is that they were so accepting of their own weirdness because none of them are necessarily very supernatural. They're just very accepting of everything. So um, again, it was kind of counter-programming to see Wednesday, even with manufactured teenage angst right uh, lashing out against her parents but but again uh as the father of two teenage daughters uh i understand that's a real thing
2: sure i bet you do <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a behind the scenes look at guillermo, De, guillermo del toro's pinocchio this is the one that does not have tom hanks in it uh, if you're trying to keep those straight in your head uh this one comes to netflix december 9th
0: uh Man, more evidence for my uh, eliminate oh, copyright right. on yeah. everything. <laughs> Tell yeah. as many different versions as we you can. We have
2: competing Pinocchios here. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Lopez is an assassin in The Mother coming out in May.
0: Um, we We're not given a lot outside of expensive set pieces and mm-hmm. the vague sense that this is either a former soldier or active soldier who is just going to straight up murder whoever gets close to her daughter or whatever. Um, not it, a lot there. Yeah, there's there's not much there outside of a vague yeah. sense of maternal badassery, which I'm here for.
2: Yeah, it, it wasn't a lot, but what I got out of it is Jennifer Lopez is going to be a very nurturing mother, hence the name, who is also a badass who can shoot people. Uh, and frankly, I kind of like all those things. So, so far, so good. Can't wait to see more. Uh, the Witcher Blood Origin, which is a prequel, so no Henry Cavill, no, no Witcher, um, uh, but Michelle Yeoh, uh, and that arrives December 25th, uh, just in time for Christmas.
0: Uh, I'm outside of the, the Witcher sphere, but, uh, the one article I read, uh, compared it to Netflix trying to, uh, microwave their own MCU around the Witcher, which would make sense for how well it's yeah. done. Um, are, 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 are you here for it, Tom, or no?
2: I have not engaged in the animated stuff that they've done but I have enjoyed the main show. Uh, I also separately, huge fan of Michelle Yeoh in so many things. Uh, Most recently, Everything Everywhere All At Once. Uh, So I will probably go ahead and try this one because I I, I think it it looks interesting, but I won't commit to having to finish the series if if it's not grabbing me, but I bet I will. I'm gonna guess I will. Uh, season three of The Witcher, the main one starring Henry Cavill, will arrive this summer. That's it. That's all. <laughs> no teaser. Just it's coming this I mean, summer. To, You'll to, get it.
0: To be honest, that's kind of a rad flex. That's the kind of move you make when you know you've already won. You know you've earned yeah. the respect and all you have to say is season three coming.
2: Yeah. It felt to me like they were like, we really want you to watch Blood Origin. Come on December 25th. Here's what it looks like. Uh, but don't worry, the 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 main one's coming back in the summer. So just hang in there. It's going to be fine. Uh, Jamie Foxx is in another Netflix movie. This one's called They Cloned Tyrone. Uh, also includes John Boyega and Tiona Paris. It's a pulp mystery caper that is coming soon.
0: Oh my God, did I love this trailer. It, it looks pretty great. It looks so much fun. It looks so badass. It looks so bonkers. It reminded me... Of of um, uh, uh, is is it still appropriate to say black black exploitation movies of the seventies or or I think or,
2: pulp c- mystery caper is Netflix's preferred term.
0: Sure, sure, sure. But 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 then kind of a remix of that when you got to like undercover brother and the early aughts or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it felt. Uh, or or I, I don't it was know. even
2: a little sorry to bother you. About I I got that I
0: got that vibe as well. Um yeah. And and uh, I'm a hundred percent in for this bizarre sideways incredible universe
2: yeah i almost worried that the trailer showed us the best parts it might be one of those no uh, No would be my only worry but i bet i bet i'm wrong i bet i'm wrong uh an adaptation of the school for good and evil uh released a clip uh the movie is directed by paul feig uh and arrives october 19th
0: uh hey tom yes brian i am a 47 year old father of three
2: sure you are yes you are that's true
0: By all accounts, I should have watched this trailer at double speed, rolled my Mm -hmm. eyes and said, yes, yes, I get it. Fashionable Mm -hmm. teenagers. For some reason, this trailer focuses on the bad person or the Mm. hated person. I don't know if she's the protagonist or the antagonist. Mm. Um, And then I probably should have slipped on over to watch something else. Instead, watch the whole, like, what is it, eight minutes long? It's forever long. Uh, And it looks badass. And half of it is nothing more than doors opening and that chick looking awesome as she saunters around and amazes people.
2: And you don't even know the source material, which nope. a lot of people who would be into this clip would be like, oh, I can't wait to see, oh, it's this scene, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it was pretty captivating, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, i admit. I was surprised at, at how good it looks myself. Uh, Money Heist Korea got a clip and a coming soon for part two, Big fan of Money Heist Korea myself. Did not watch Casa de Papel, just Money Heist Korea. Uh, that said, this clip did not get me more interested. It didn't reduce my interest, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more interested because of where they left it in part one. This clip was me like, oh, really? That's the best you're going to show me? I mean, I guess anything else would be a spoiler, but okay.
0: The, this was the first of all of the trailers that I didn't quite make it. You know, I, there was 20 seconds left by the time I clicked away, and I remember. Thinking to myself, ask Tom to explain to me why everybody's nuts for money heist.
2: Well, Bryce might be as good at this because you watched the Spanish language one, right, Bryce? I
1: I watched like the uh, like ten minutes of it. I didn't. Oh, watch really? I
2: thought you though. watched the whole season for whatever reason. No,
1: but I l- this trailer is exciting. The yeah. end is very
2: gruesome. As I understand it, my Probably wife has watched away. them both. She said that. <laughs> la casa de papel is the is better uh but and maybe because she watched it first so she knew what was coming but she's like it was tense it was interesting you know it really it really keeps you guessing i never watched that one but i did watch the korean one and i thought that about the korean one so i kind of think it's because if you know what's coming it's not as good this is one where you want to know as little as possible uh going in Mm. whichever version you watch uh, they released an unreleased clip from Squid Game season one uh, and said season two will have all new stories. The, unrele- the deleted scene basically is what this is uh, just shows the guy from Mr. Sunshine, the, the brother, the, the, the front man looking at some stuff.
0: So, this is like a natural experiment uh, in an alternate reality where, like, we just talked about how Witcher's getting a season three and they showed nothing this is the version of that where they showed at least something like, Mm -hmm. like did they do themselves any favor by showing a deleted scene from season one or would they have been better off by just saying squid game season two coming?
2: I don't know. I think, I think it helps to show it. I don't think it hurts to show it. Even if I'm dismissive of like, well, that didn't really need to be seen, but whatever. Uh, It was fun to see that guy. We didn't see as much of his face in the actual Squid Game season one. so And I know him from other things. Uh, So I was like, oh, there he is. Cool. And it didn't add anything. It didn't reveal anything. But it did make me pay more attention, which is what they want. Right. Uh, The Crown season five will arrive on Netflix November 9th. Uh, So a lot of stuff with The Crown was tied up with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and uh, they paused production and all of that. I think they were waiting for all of that to die down before they made an announcement they were probably going to make anyway, or maybe they were going to make it on Tudum because that would make sense too, but it's coming back and it's coming back November 9th. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's an excellent series and I'm going to watch it. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Um- Uh, I feel like it would be inappropriate for me to make any jokes uh, at this moment. So instead I will quote an awesome joke that, uh, or a story, a (laughs) a genuine story that Andrew Heaton told on his podcast, The Political Orphanage. He talked about uh, uh, how, how neat it was to have a kind of toothless figurehead uh, that everyone rallies around and speculated about whether or not America could use one and so on. But he ends with this little vignette in the early days of Reuters. They decided in their style guide, it was inappropriate to to refer to the Queen because that was too familiar. So they set up within their internal system an auto-replace. If anybody wrote the Queen, it would replace it with her proper title, Queen Elizabeth II. And so as a result, Reuters put out an article in which which it says queen, El- queen Elizabeth II can have up to 2,000 larvae <laughs> per day. <laughs> they will form into soldiers, and, and farmers, and
2: breeders. Yes, because the queen being referenced in that story was, of course, a bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty great. Um, this is... Not going to tell the final part of the story uh, of The Crown, but it is our first look at the the new cast. And I think there is one more season after this one, if I'm right. Um, And they will not take it all the way up to present day. So you you will not see the death of the Queen. Uh, At least that's what they had said before. Uh, We'll see if they change it. You is the name of a show on netflix i'm not referring to you i'm talking about the show called you and season four will debut february 10th uh for part one and part two will come out a month later on march 10th is is netflix getting more comfortable with this like two-part thing like they did with stranger things i think
0: they should if they if they're not already comfortable with it they should because we're we're starting to see kind of a settling in of of uh, if it's a half hour to 45 minutes, just give me your first three, release them in blocks or go weekly after that. I don't care, but, but give me enough to get my hooks in. And I think that's a, uh, a counterintuitive smart move that, that Netflix is adapting to.
2: Having it be exactly a month too, which is usually what they, they count 28 days of streams for their, for their numbers. They, that just stuck out to me, stuck out to me uh there's a trailer for season three of outer banks coming back in 2023 uh oh man
0: this is this I, i'm suddenly realizing
1: cack-a-lackey. what carolina okay people who love outer banks freaking love this show that, that is my takeaway from knowing outer banks is a thing the teenagers who love outer banks they love outer banks dog anyway outer
2: banks yeah and it's coming back sometime next year and you got a trailer uh there's also a trailer for another show a lot of people love manifest season four part one 10 episodes so part one is 10 episodes isn't that just a full season on netflix i don't understand but anyway they're calling it season four part one coming november 4th
0: what what was the conceit of manifest again
1: a plane disappears for five years but everybody on the plane uh just skipped through time for like a second and so everyone shows up and they're like oh we thought you were dead for the past five years but then everyone who was on the plane dies for some reason and there's like a supernatural thing and it's like a lost number file numberology sort of thing uh wait a
0: minute exactly five years so they couldn't even change the number of years from the blip it's like
2: five and a half years or something like that okay I don't know. it might have manifest may have premiered before end game it before
1: m- oh infinity oh. war because this is season four
2: yeah, I don't no. know that for sure. Uh,
1: I don't know. I, I am so I am so. They've had
2: not, more than a year between seasons.
0: I'm so not tempted to pick fights since we all but literally lived through a blip. Where remember when two years of our lives just vanished? Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had a guy come in to repair something. And he was like, how long ago did I work on this? I was like, I don't know, a year and a half? He's like, no, it was before COVID. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, three and a half years. Because uh, there were two years that just went away. Uh, and unrelated to todum or however you pronounce it, Netflix dropped its lawsuit against the unofficial Bridgerton musical. Uh, apparently, they reached a settlement that was not, it was not a settlement that was filed with the court though, so we don't know any details.
0: Uh, parody law is kind of curious. Um, well, some- this
2: was trademark, if you recall. Netflix originally was fine with it. They were like, we love this, it's fan art, it's great. And then they started using Bridgerton in promotions and the name on programs, and that's when Netflix's lawyers got, that's a little too far, because that's trademark. It that was a trademark infringement. Uh,
0: Yeah, okay, all right, well, uh, I not I don't want to get in the weeds, but 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 there, there's there's another interesting story. Maybe we'll talk about it in after talk. Which, yeah, I
2: just I did. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I wanted to make sure that the the trademark, not copyright thing, didn't impinge on you. Oh no no no, no
0: To be honest, you saved me from going out into the weeds. Which okay, w- okay. will be in the weeds for those people who are patrons by heading on over to patreoncom killers. That's where you keep us loud, live, and independent. You get your own RSS feed. You get early access, not only to its spoiler in time, but our Super exclusive for bosses only after talk. How many bosses we got, Bryce? We've
1: got s- 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 784 <gasps> oh, bosses. Oh god! Oh no. <laughs> Brian is wasting away because of three-digit disease, and it's incredibly serious. Oh yeah. my god. Please. I'm afraid I'm not gonna make it back this time, oh, no.
0: boys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: someone
1: I just, get him on a plane!
2: I just wish Listen, I had folks.
0: 80% of my body capacity. <laughs>
2: we need you here in the weeds. Please There's no ticks. The There's no chiggers. Get on <laughs> out here. Patreon.com <Patreon.com/cordkillers>. slash <laughs> Cord Killers. Cord while, while While Brian is still with us, let's talk about how to watch. James Earl Jones is a world treasure. He should be like a UNESCO heritage site on, in human form. Uh, he has been providing the voice of Darth Vader in every place it appears since 1976. Yes, Star Wars came out in 77, but I'm just saying he's been doing it for a long time. Uh, Jones is 91 years old though. So eventually a plan was going to have to be made for Vader's voice should Jones no longer be able to provide it for whatever reason. Uh, the plan has been made. They're going to simulate it with Jones' consent. Disney has worked with a Ukrainian company called Respeecher, and it trained an algorithm on archived recordings of Jones doing Vader, apparently focused on his performances from back in 1977. Lucasfilm's Matthew Wood told Vanity Fair that James guided the algorithm's performances for many of the scenes in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, if you recognize Reese Feature, it's because we talked about the fact that they worked on The Mandalorian to simulate the young uh, Mark Hamill voice, uh, and Mark Hamill was involved in those performances. Uh, We did not know that James' voice was not all James in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Some of it is, some of it isn't, at least according to this article.
0: to me, the most remarkable part of this is that, um when when I watched Obi- wan Kenobi, uh, his voice sounded so not how I pictured James Earl Jones, uh, that I just assumed, oh, they got somebody they finally got somebody else to do the generic Darth Vader voice. But of course, you know, as you age, your voice changes over time, and I, I no longer I, I absolutely believe that this is more authentically how he sounded when he was younger, but it was such a stark departure from what I had heard uh, in, in the last 20 years that uh, I I totally figured it was somebody different.
2: I thought they did what they did with Hamill, which I guess I partly was right. Uh, I thought, oh, he sounds younger and he is younger Vader in in the timeline of the show. So I guess they just processed what he said to to make it sound younger, which is not new technology. They could have done that, uh, but it's not, it's not what they did. They, they gave a trial run to the future Darth Vader, which will be a re-speecher algorithm. I need How to, do you feel about that, Brian? Well, I,
0: I, 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 I think I mentioned this once before, but uh, I believe it was in 1986. Uh, I was, home from school with the chicken pox or something and watched a PBS Nova special about uh, computer generated imagery and about mm. how like they had this like low polygon count version of Humphrey Bogart. And uh, I remember them saying in the future celebrities may license their likeness and voices to be created by computers. And uh, danged if they weren't 100% right. Now I want to track down whatever that special was. I, it's it's one of those things where, as it happens, it seems wild and, and frontier-like, and yet, uh, 40 years ago, it was definitely exactly what we predicted would happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is unusual. Uh- I'm glad this is going to serve as a precedent for this. Uh, a lot of times this happens because someone dies unexpectedly uh, and you're like, well, what do we do? Uh, for example, keeping it in the Star Wars universe when Carrie Fisher uh, passed away and they were trying to figure out, well, what do we do uh, to to put her in the movie? And they didn't digitally recreate her, but they they tried to cleverly edit things that they had already shot uh, for uh, Force Awakens. But, but what uh, they
0: definitely did in Rogue One was have a completely CGI Grand Moff Tarkin, and they right. worked with the estate of... Uh, 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 it's not Christopher Plummer, the,
2: the other one. Uh, Peter Cushing.
0: Yes. Uh, they, they, so, so the family was made whole and was, was on board for it.
2: Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't this. That, that was a one-off, we would like to bring this character back. This is James Earl Jones saying, uh, I authorize that you can use my voice for this character from now on i will work with respeacher i will guide the algorithm in this performance so that you know I'm, i'm getting some input into how it works and then you know go go do it uh in the future and and i'm assuming that the jones estate will continue to benefit from that which as it should uh but i think this in five to 10 years, just becomes boilerplate in every contract, you know, yep. and, and as part of your contract, uh, you agree that your your voice can be trained in an algorithm to be used for, for future endeavors. And in response, you'll get this level of royalties for that. Like, uh, I, I I'm not saying there won't be any disputes about that, but I think this is just going to become standard.
0: I would be surprised if we go straight to You know, early days, you know, you're in your mid-twenties and somebody hands you a sucker contract and that's in there. Um, I think there'll be a well, middle ground. it doesn't ground. have to
2: be a sucker contract, right? It, it could, it could be. If you have a good agent, it'll be like, oh no, the, you're 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 going to get scale, and it's going to scale up with the popularity of the character and everything. It doesn't have to be a sucker contract, but it could be. It could be the thing the agent pushes for is like, let's make sure we get you protected and get you those rights.
0: I I think what I'm wanting to explore is that middle ground between what we're seeing now at the frontier and what you're describing will be kind of a land rush of mm. everybody going to all the retirement homes of all the aging, you know, all-stars and saying, Hey, who who wants a $500,000 payout right now today? All you got to do is sign this and bequeath
2: (laughs) the reverse mortgage for for voice actors. right?" That is
0: literally exactly what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think, I think where it will get sticky is the actors who are already gone. Uh, and, and how do the estates deal with it? And how do people feel if it's like, well, Okay, I know their estate agreed, but would they? You know, would Cary Grant, would, would Humphrey Bogart want this? If there, there's no way of knowing, uh, and and the way our intellectual property laws are are created, the the estates uh, get a say in that, and there will be situations where the estates don't have the rights, where studios actually have the rights to those sorts of things, and and is it. Is it ethical for them to exploit that, so even even though it's legal? Uh, a lot, a lot of gray areas still yet to come there.
0: The, uh, yeah, again, the, the weeds called me, Tom, uh, because uh, doing Scam School and Scam Nation, where uh, most stuff is, is about prestige, about developing new magic technologies that are based on old magic technologies that go back hundreds of years, it's mm-hmm. unclear who owns what and you know what precedents there are. Nobody signs any written agreements to anything. Um, uh, it's, it's wild to see Hollywood that has been so settled for so long engage in that kind of frontier establishing of, uh, new norms.
2: Wait till they do, uh, scans of photos of people we've never had recordings of. Oh, dude. And then model a voice that seems to fit what their mouth shape and height and weight and all of that. Like- Isn't that very similar
1: to the recoloring uh, sort of trend that you see? Oh, interesting. Where people yeah. will color in yeah. these old black and white photos and then people will go, ah, those colors aren't really right.
2: They look yeah, pretty, yeah. but
1: those colors aren't right.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, lots of interesting stuff to, to, to work through, uh, but we will also have a wider palette of things to choose from all right let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance Chris Wallace uh, left Fox to go to CNN and was supposed to anchor one of the premier shows on CNN plus his fate was uncertain after they canceled CNN plus like you know within days of it launching uh, but it looks like his show is back three interviews are arriving on HBO Max each Friday. Uh, So every Friday, you're gonna get three interviews from Chris Wallace. And highlights from those interviews will air on CNN, the cable channel, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. So he's getting an HBO Max distribution channel and a CNN distribution channel.
0: Uh, uh, As my 14-year-old daughter said to me when I told her that I was intending to take our TikTok videos and put them on YouTube shorts,
2: Get that bag (laughs) get that (laughs) bag yeah i i wasn't so worried about what chris wallace's bag would look like but you're right that's good for him (laughs) but now here we are
0: talking about yeah
2: i i do i do think it's curious to see what they did with, like, okay, we hired big name talent, then all the executives swapped, and we've talked ad nauseum on the show about, you know, the why did you launch CNN Plus when you knew they were going to kill it uh, situation. Uh, but what do you do with that? And I think this is an interesting solution. You'd say, well, we've got a a platform that people are going to we want to build a news presence on. Let's do that, but also let's fill some hours on CNN because this is a top name talent that people will come for. Uh,
0: This is sort of the inverse of, uh, we we were just talking about legal agreements for likenesses and and brand presence and the blessing of of doing stuff with people's name and and personality. Uh, The inverse of that is you can have all the paper you want, but if Chris Wallace isn't happy, the world's going to know. So let's make Chris Wallace happy and make money.
2: Yeah, yeah, smart. Uh, the White Lotus returns to HBO Sunday, October 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be a seven-episode season two set in Italy. Jennifer Coolidge returns, uh, but she is the only cast member from season one returning because we're at a different hotel now. Uh, the new cast includes F. Murray Abraham, Adam DeMarco, Beatrice Grano, Megan Fahey, John Grease, Tom Hollander. That's someone who's even more Tom Holland than tom holland uh michael imperioli aubry plaza and many more uh bryce how many of these people
1: are attractive uh probably a lot of them probably all, all of just them. gonna guess all, all, of, all of them, all of them. Yeah, uh, to somebody white lotus season one is really great go watch it this is a really fast turnaround for season two i think if it's if it's like season one where they shot it all at a hotel because of COVID stuff then yeah. maybe they kind of bottled it pretty quickly, but this is a very fast turnaround, I Man,
2: feel like. I, I, I
0: thought season yeah. one was a good two years ago, but but then again,
1: we I had thought it was just list. last year. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's less than a year ago. Is that wow. right? Can that be right? Did uh, you watch? You watched it too, right, Brian?
1: Uh, you know, I watched the first like
0: 30 minutes of episode one uh, okay. and it uh, just and wasn't you know. feeling it. Uh,
1: July yeah. through August
2: 2021. So Okay, so wow, just yeah. a little more over than a year. year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's mm-hmm. pretty
0: good. Uh, Point goes to Bryce.
2: (laughs) Uh, The migration of NBC's back catalog off of Hulu has begun as more shows are now available only on Peacock. Uh, among the shows affected are seasons one through twenty of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Though Hulu has a new show called The Kardashians, uh, that's in season two on Hulu. So those are different shows. Uh, multiple seasons of Bravo's Real Housewives, also on Peacock now, as is Vanderpump Rules, Top Chef seasons one through eighteen, and uh, seasons one through eight of Brooklyn Nine Nine.
0: Uh, man, I, I i can't even I can't even speculate how much. Most people are noticing this. Uh, none of these would, would affect me, Bryce. What about you?
1: I I have occasionally streamed a Real Housewives show on Hulu, and if I know that they're all going to be on Peacock, and maybe if they if I know they're going to be kept up weekly, maybe mm-hmm. that would get me back into it. I mean, it's been a decade since I have watched a Real Housewives, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you never forget to learn how to ride a bike.
2: It. I think one of the things that undermined Peacock was that MB show, NBC shows were still on Hulu. Uh, and, and I think uh, when we were watching This Is Us, uh, which is no longer on, but we were going to Hulu for it, even when Peacock launched and you could watch it on Peacock. So this is a, a thread they had to unwind. This is the modern way to do it. You know, your shows on your platform. Uh, so this is going to do nothing but help Peacock's listener viewership, uh, but I don't know how much, I don't have a sense of how much. And uh, finally, HBO released a trailer for The Last of Us. Uh, they just said come in 2023. It didn't give us a, a definite date, but this is the most we've seen of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a good long trailer.
0: Uh, the visual images are shockingly familiar to anybody who's played the game. Uh, it appears to be faithful. I'm speaking very carefully as somebody who loves the game a lot and wants this to be good, but uh, uh, I'm scared. Uh, Tom, what did you think?
2: i thought as someone who has not played the game uh it looks fancy uh it looks fabulous it looks compelling uh just like the video game trailers did <laughs> uh it, it seems to capture the mood from what i could tell but i guess we'll find out sometime in 2023 uh speaking of capturing the mood Andor episodes one through three came out and brian and i both watched it this is what we had our eyes on Brian. Uh, I, for one, found it. <laughs> I'll tell you, what. Brian, why don't you tell us what you thought of it? And then I'll tell you what I thought of it after already seeing your text message about it when I started watching it.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, so so, so, uh, so I may have affected your expectations going in. <laughs> I don't think in.
2: it affected it too much, but it affected the narrative of how I would tell it. Uh,
0: when I was a kid, the first Star Wars I saw was Star Wars. And I, I, I was so amazed by the grit and the filth and all that stuff. Uh, As an adult, I go back and I'm like, how adorable that I ever thought this was a gritty, filthy world. Uh, The first 10 minutes of Andor struck me because you see overt, spoilers for the first 10 minutes, overt references to prostitution. You see uh, an accidental killing of someone. And it's not just that somebody dies because a lot of people die in Star Wars. But never have I watched like, 15 to 20 full seconds of tortured, trying to resuscitate, realizing somebody's dead. And then somebody doing the math and realizing that they're alone in a back alley. Like this felt pacing wise, more like the shield or the wire or something. And, uh, uh and then ultimately, uh, our hero straight up puts a bullet in the brain of a random security guard in a company town. uh, that's something I haven't seen in Star Wars. And uh, don't come at me with, like, what, Vader slashes down a billion rebels. That's the point, is that you, 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 you never pause 20 seconds to watch them cry over it. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the first three episodes. I'm sad because I know that eventually we're going to show up at the Empire and all that stuff. But for right now, the fact that for the first time in a long time, Star Wars felt like a big place. And I felt like we were seeing a very small story in a very tiny corner of a very big place with real consequences. And I liked it quite a bit.
2: Yeah. The the text message Brian sent me said the first 10 minutes of Andor has some stuff I never thought I'd see in Star Wars. Uh so I didn't know what he meant by that. It was not a spoiler, and I don't think it in any way affected my enjoyment. But uh I kept going, oh, this is what he means. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, oh, Wait, maybe this is what he means, and then a few minutes later, oh, I guess he also means this. It's like, and 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 after ten minutes, going, he could have also meant that, uh, but it's not in the first ten minutes. Like, I I I definitely realized that you were going to look at this and 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 think oh yes this is what we've been talking about show me a story that is in the corner of this large universe show me the grit uh and the grime uh just tell a good story that only relies on the wider elements of the world when the story would absolutely necessitate it uh which is i guess some some ways made easier because it's a prequel to rogue one uh but some ways made more difficult because it's a character from rogue one and so you might you might be tempted to you know plant seeds for for later connections uh that they only did in the very in the third episode and only by happenstance in that a character from rogue one happens to be the person that he would contact about a thing and you're like yeah there's plenty of other more high profile Star Wars characters they could have used if they just wanted you know to to turn my head that is a guy that is involved in this world and not even involved in the the way that he's involved here right this actually gave more depth to that character's backstory by saying oh okay so this is what he was doing uh at that time And he wasn't talking, going around like, well, as my friends C-3PO and Leia always say, like he was, he was just a, you know, he was just a a gritty uh, person, you know, trying to begin a resistance against the Empire. Uh,
0: This is also the first Star Wars anything that I've seen that uses the official timeline of BBY before the Battle of Yavin says Ah, BBY five years. It's also the first time that we've ever seen somebody read something in that crazy hieroglyph basic thing. And then we saw on screen translated uh, uh, like like. You know the the conceit that you see on when somebody looks at a text message and there's a floating yeah, bubble yeah. of what they see. So uh, again, it, it it felt fresh and new and different in ways that I appreciated. Um, All right. Uh, but but uh, Bryce, I don't think it landed quite as strongly for you, right?
1: I I I didn't watch Rogue One. I don't love Star Wars, so I th- I threw it on just to see if to see if, and it really didn't. Okay. Uh, it it didn't beat out. And and like I I think if I was more built into more honed in on that world. Um, or maybe just giving it maybe a little more attention, maybe, maybe trying it again. But I, 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 uh, I was talking with about it on our discord. Uh, and, uh, someone was like, Oh yeah, this, these episodes are kind of like a full little
2: arc. And I remember finishing these three episodes and going, what
1: happened? Did anything <laughs> happen?
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I wonder if it was the kind of story that, that, you were like, oh, it's just just not the kind of story evolve, I involve. I I like, but it sounds like that wasn't it. It, it, it.
1: I think I didn't have a good expectation, and I still don't have a good expectation of what the show is. I don't know what type uh, of show. is it a crime show? Is it an action show? Is it a thriller? Is it? Mm, uh, uh, I I, it's, I have a hard time putting it in a box, and so I feel a little like between. I'm on the fence still.
0: Here's here's the way I read it: is um, World War Two is just about to happen, and you're not a player in the game. You're just trying to make gears in your gear factory on the periphery of the story, but you, you, you definitely get uncomfortable when, you know, higher ups in the German government come by or whatever. And so, and, and you find yourself an accidental and then an intentional murderer and you just want to clear up your tracks and get back to finding your sister.
2: Yeah. The, the finding your sister part is really what the story is about right there, oh. there's a there's a fascistic uh, uh government uh that is is crushing you uh and your sister is gone and there's there's a tenuous connection between you know the the difficulties that you're laboring under and the disappearance of your sister and in your attempt to find her, you run farther afoul you're a neer do already, but you run farther afoul and have to go on the run uh, I will say until this moment I hadn't realized that they really don't play the i gotta find my sister story up enough you kind of forget that that's his main motivation that that's what he was up to that led him into getting into all this trouble yeah uh brian i know there's uh you're doing a a rewatch with your daughter too
0: uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I saw the end of uh, uh, Breaking Bad with my daughter and I insisted that she go in straight into Better Call Saul. Uh, she now has gone back and watched uh, El Camino, but um, uh, I was explaining to her that Better Call Saul has that uh, that conceit of the black and white for the current timeline and the color for the past timeline. And uh, as that happened, the very first episode, episode one, you're seeing black and white uh, Saul Goodman watching his old commercials and uh, she she instantly notices that the reflection in his glasses is in color, which I thought was really uh. cool. I, I think we talked about this in after talk last week, but yeah,
2: very cool. All right, uh, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout
1: for? Hey, Nikki, sent us a recommendation a little while back, uh, and a, a thought on soaps. Uh, Nikki wrote, "Hi guys, my on the lookout is pretty smart on Netflix. I liked it as candy as a candy corn show." uh at the candy cord show it is good for most ages over the holidays i would think uh, uh yeah this is a, a pretty smart is a, a multi-camera sitcom on netflix uh about the, the the smart sister who moves in with the free spirit sister and mm-hmm. and she's not quite so dumb as you think all of these people that she roommates with are, are dumb and that's the whole thing but uh but yeah it was that there's it looks neat it's a it's an interesting idea for sure uh nikki also mentioned that uh a bunch of uh, soap operas ended up on pluto this was a little uh, this email is a little older than the news from a few weeks ago about all that stuff moving over to peacock but I was wondering why uh when when uh, the soap operas were on pluto and peacock why they only had you know two or three seasons available at a time especially for these shows that have been around for you know decades decades and decades of of, of five day a week shows um uh, uh uh that was that was uh nikki's only gripe otherwise i think nikki was very excited to see some soap operas so uh thanks for killing the cords nikki m in omaha thank you nikki that is uh pretty smart it's a show on netflix if you'd like to send something for us to be on the lookout for please email it to us chordkillers at gmail.com thank you
2: and now Brian will send us something that we need to be on the lookout for from him.
0: Uh yeah, dude, me creeping in the shadows, waiting for you to sit down, cuddle up, watch some Netflix. All of a sudden the window cracks open. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> and I whisper, I whisper, I whisper, um, get ready to buy, bye, bye. And then and you look left, you look right, you're like, buy what? I'm like, some stuff at scamstuff.com, com, com. And you're like, what stuff, spirits? And it's like, and then I say in a normal voice, um, uh, it's not the holidays, but get ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Until then, uh, make sure to get yourself a computer from Doghouse Systems, doghousesystems.com, slash rogue, spell it right, R-O-G-U-E. Keep us in business and thank the fine folks who keep us powered.
2: Let's move on to the front lines.
1: Front lines.
2: The Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the the group best known for putting on the Golden Globe Awards, has reformed uh, their laws, their bylaws, and their membership. And NBC now says it will broadcast the Golden Globe Awards in 2023. 2022 was the first year the Golden Globes was not televised since 2008 when it was not televised because of the writer's strike. Uh, among the reforms are 21 new members that they say will diversify its membership, a hundred new voters, including some from outside the United States. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, but they all were in Hollywood, even though they were from the foreign press. Uh, also a ban on voters receiving gifts from studios, apparently, uh you could I don't know if bribed is too strong of a word, but you could take gifts from studios. That's not gonna be allowed anymore. Uh the return to NBC is a one year deal. NBC is like, we'll do it one year and we'll see how it goes. I mean, how on how on earth are they gonna enforce that? The gifts thing? Yeah, because because there's
0: there's winks and nods and and, and
2: well, you- there's ways to enforce it, but the point is they didn't even have a rule before about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Uh, meanwhile, Netflix added a mobile game called Nailed It! Baking Bash that will launch October 4th, a day before season 7 of Nailed It! debuts. Netflix has several games tied to its series now including The Queen Elizabeth II's Gambit, Shadow and Bone. No, no, no Bone. The Queen's Gambit, that <laughs> chest thing, it's, it's not
2: the crown. <laughs> larva!
0: Larva! La Casa de Papel in two hot to handle.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Uh, Amazon's Thursday night football broadcast caused a record number of Amazon Prime subscriptions in a three-hour period, beating records set during Prime Day, Cyber Monday, and Black Friday. So you know what's better than sales? Football. Uh, <laughs> Nielsen reports that Amazon's Prime Video Thursday night football broadcast averaged 13.03 million viewers. Uh, that includes 1.16 million viewers over the air because in the home markets of each team the game was also carried on broadcast tv compared to last year's thursday night football opener on nfl network viewership increased 47 uh so if you thought Prime video was going to be a a difficulty for people. Apparently, it was easier than getting the NFL network. Uh, Also in football cord-cutting news, Apple Music has been named as the sponsor of the next Super Bowl halftime show, replacing longtime sponsor Pepsi. That made a lot of people wonder if Apple's getting close to a deal for NFL Sunday ticket, which is leaving DirecTV after this season. And the New York Times reports that while the NFL is still in talks with Google, Amazon, and ESPN, Apple is thought to be in the most advanced stages of negotiations.
0: And Google announced that it's Chromecast with with Google TV HD. Uh, It comes with a remote, so you don't need to use a smartphone to control it. Thank goodness, though you still can. It's oval-shaped, has HDMI and a USB-C input. The remote has a Google Assistant button. It only does 1080p, but with HDR, so it only costs $30. It's basically the 4K model without 4K for $20 less.
2: Very nice. Uh, A few other things to round up here. Peacock announced its first original adult animation series called In the Know, starring Mike Judge and Zach Woods. It's a parody of National Public Radio. No release date on that yet. Disney Plus released a trailer for the series Save Our Squad, starring David Beckham, coming November 9th. Discovery Plus's streaming unscripted series Million Dollar Wheels will begin airing on TNT. October 24th. So it's still going to be on Discovery Plus, but also airing on cable. Uh, There's a trailer out for season 19 of Grey's Anatomy, uh, returning to good old broadcast ABC on October 6th. Apple will release a holiday musical called Spirited in theaters November 11th. And on Apple TV Plus November 18th, it stars Octavia Spencer, Ryan Reynolds, and Will Ferrell. The agreement between Oprah Winfrey and Apple TV signed in 2018 has come to an end, but both say they will continue to work with each other on a project by project basis. And Vince Gilligan has signed on to make a show for Apple TV and says Better Call Saul's Rhea Seahorn will be in it. They didn't give any other details.
0: Rhea Seahorn is a national treasure. She is amazing and has proven her worth. Uh, It doesn't hurt that we took a gander at her first appearance in a tutorial on how to play Magic the Gathering back in (laughs) the 90s. Uh, Boy, is she talented and just wonderful, and I'm so excited for whatever it is she's doing with Vince Gilligan.
2: Yeah, me too. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Anthony wrote in and said back in 2019, when Disney Plus was announced, I had conversations with my coworker that Hulu would have to become Disney's HBO, a premium, more mature side of Disney for the stuff that couldn't fit within the mouse brand. Turns out I was wrong on that one, as were a lot of other people who thought the same thing. Uh, TVMA shows and movies are showing up on Disney Plus. However, when Disney fully owns Hulu, I still think it or FX should be one of the buttons that take you to the premium side of Disney Plus for all the shows and movies that don't fit within the general brand of Disney. Only Murders in the Building, for example, could fit in just fine with other FX shows that will need a home when the hard bundle takes over and perhaps ABC shows too. Uh,
0: So in the great uh, debate of who gets the marquee, whether it's Hulu Presents Disney Plus or Disney Plus Presents Hulu, sounds like uh, that's a vote against uh, my prediction
2: hmm yeah um i'm not sure what they're gonna do i'm not sure disney knows what they're gonna do yet they they may not have decided uh alan wrote in said hey brian tom and bryce one major difference between cable tv bundles and disney's upcoming hard bundle aside from the number of channels is that disney owns all the channels there won't be carriage disputes between the hard bundle and any of the three channels that will suspend transmissions during tricky negotiations. Also, thinking about whether or not Disney will continue to offer any of the three channels separately, I think an interesting data point is Hulu Live TV. I don't know when this happened, but Hulu quietly changed Hulu Live TV into a soft, for now, bundle of Hulu Live TV, ESPN+, and Disney+. Plus. You can no longer get just Hulu Live TV on its own. You know, what's funny is we covered that, and the way Disney positioned it was Hulu Live TV now comes with ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, but I like the way Alan put It's it like, you can't not get it, even if you want to. Uh, so Disney and HBO Discovery creating bundles of their own channels seems inevitable. I don't think we'll reach the streaming equivalent of cable TV bundles where channels from multiple owners are bundled together as the only available offering. The add-on model makes more sense for channels not owned by the pairing
0: uh, when I first read this, I thought, I, I thought, yeah, no, uh, carriage disputes are over. But then, uh, I sat with it. I'm like, wait, am I declaring an end to argumentation? <laughs> and like, I, and, then, no. and then it seemed a little bit less, less obvious.
2: Well, I, I think carriage disputes are over because there's no carriage agreement, right? If there is the, the, and maybe it's the add-on channels that he talks about, then you can have arguments over that. But within Peacock, within Disney+, Plus, there's no carriage agreement. You just have your stuff. The, the closest we're getting to carriage agreements are something like Seinfeld or, or Friends, uh, especially if it's owned by Sony or somebody outside the realm. Uh, and saying well you're not paying enough we're going to yank it off Netflix and it's going to go to HBO Max or like I think that will be the form of carriage disputes in the future more than anything else.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that uh, a lot of the in public fighting becomes behind the scenes fighting. And yeah, yeah. that's probably to be to be honest, for the benefit of the consumer.
2: <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh folks, our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We are live on twitch.tv slash night attack, also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at seven p.m. Eastern, at four PM Pacific. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Hey Tom Merritt, what's going on?
2: Uh, I'm just hanging out here watching the scroll go by. Uh, What are you doing? Trying to set
0: up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons. All these wonderful. I'm sorry, I'm
2: too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, Patreon.com/slash/CordKillers would be the place to go.
0: I mean, they're they're scratching our itch. Like, because we're addicted. As long as
2: it's consensual, like, we're
0: we're addicted to their money.
2: And love. Might as well face it.
0: Well, God
1: damn it.
2: (laughs) Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.